the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. Thanks so much for joining me today. I'm Gary Randall. Today is Monday, March the 13th, 2023, in the year of our Lord. Today in 1925, the Tennessee General Assembly approved a bill prohibiting the teaching of the theory of evolution. Tennessee repealed the law in 1967. Today, in 1862, President Abraham Lincoln signed a measure prohibiting Union military officers from returning fugitive slaves to their owners. Today, in 1933, banks in the U.S. began to reopen after a holiday. The holiday had been declared by President Franklin D. Roosevelt. He said, we need to cool off. Some of these banks are about to go under and hurt a lot of people. Five years ago today, President Donald Trump fired Secretary of State Rex Tillerson. He moved CIA Director Mike Pompeo from the role of America's top spy chief to the top diplomatic office of Secretary of State. Personally, I think that was one of the wisest moves, and he made a lot of them, that President Trump made. Mike Pompeo is one of the brightest most articulate, most well-informed politicians in America today, in my opinion. And I've watched him very, I've never met him, don't know him, but I've watched him carefully, and man, he is on it. And uh, he articulates um, in ways that uh, the others, (laughs) not thinking of President Biden, but other well-spoken politicians do not. Five years ago today also, Joy Behar, ABC's The View. Oh, who cares what they say? Well, uh, six or seven or eight million people do. They watch them. I don't, but I sort of pay attention through the news, conservative news, to what they say. But five years ago today, Joy Behar on ABC's The View, she apologized. It was forced. ABC forced her to do it. But she apologized for suggesting that mental illness was behind claims by people that Jesus Christ talks to them. Her comment had come during a discussion about Vice President Mike Pence. They were beating up on Mike Pence on there. He, I don't think he was on the program at the time, but I, I remember this incident. And um, they were beating up on him and, and saying, he, you know, he won't have lunch with another woman alone. And they were saying things like... Um, Like, does he think every woman wants to have sex with him? And on and on and on. In that context, they said, yeah. Somebody said, yeah. And he even claims to talk to to Jesus Christ and that Jesus Christ talks to him. And they categorize that as a mental illness. Millions of Christians believe that God does speak to our heart. And uh, the Bible is very clear on that. And I think our experience tells us that God speaks to our hearts. God directs his people to the ways that we should go and the ways we want to go. And the world, they walk in darkness. They do not know. They do not see. They do not understand. 
And sometimes when people rise to places of influence, whether it's in the media or politically, they use their influence to lead the blind when they themselves are blind. The Bible says when the blind lead the blind, they both end up in the ditch. And so often that's the case here in America, a nation founded on Christian principles, Christian beliefs, biblical beliefs, Judeo-Christian, have become blind morally and spiritually in many cases. And some of the blind leaders are among us today leading this nation down the wrong path. I pray that God will turn this nation, and I do believe there is a turning within, not politically, but spiritually, among our youth today. The, 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 the press has moved on. They're not talking about Asbury and all of the colleges where they're having all-night prayer meetings and continuing to sing worship choruses and ask God to forgive them of their sins and asking one another to forgive them of some offenses or issues they've had and so on. Very biblical. But that's continuing. Just because the press isn't covering it anymore doesn't mean it's not happening. It is happening. And it's continuing on more and more and more campuses. That I I believe. Of course there are people, kids, young adults involved in that that they don't know what they're doing. and I mean, they're just going along. It seems like the thing that's happening right now. I understand that. And sometimes the press will pick out somebody that'll say, well, I'm not sure you know, why I'm praying all night here, but it's what everybody else is doing. They've done that my entire lifetime. And I'm over 40. I've seen this again and again and again. I saw it during the Jesus movement. I saw it, which is now famously on the big screen. And if you haven't seen it, you should. But they they choose they choose the the outliers the one person or the few people not the masses that are sincerely seeking God to question them say well what you know what are you doing here How, what brought you here well I don't know you know they love that so they put it out and it gives the false impression that there isn't really anything happening there it's just a bunch of kids kind of getting together and having fun or doing something that they see as spiritual or whatever. They, they, they have way, the left always has ways of diminishing or devaluing what God does. And so keep that in mind when you don't see any coverage on certain things or when you see coverage that is so skewed to be undermining and to be devaluing, just don't believe them. <laughs> I'll tell you. Interesting. There's a uh, there's a piece out there this morning in the news. A Democratic Party icon is the headline has penned an essay apologizing to conservatives for the reaction of her former tribe. That's what she calls them to release to the release of footage from the January 6, 2021 incident at the Capitol. This author, Naomi Wolf, she's she's widely read. She's got a huge following of people. I don't know how many probably millions, but she's she's been a real progressive, kind of a leftist, and not kind of, she has been a leftist, very strong leftist. Well, she released a post over the weekend, or actually it was on Thursday, but it kind of hit the, the mainstream um, news and awareness, uh, but she put this post out on Substack on Thursday evening, and it's titled, Dear Conservatives, I Apologize. She said, I am sorry 
this keep in mind she's she's well she's an icon among the progressives she said i am sorry the nation has da- was damaged by so much untruth issued by those with whom i identified at the time she wrote we went on to she went on to note that certain inconsistencies between aspects of the footage and the mainstream media narrative about the events of january 6 she also compared Fox News uh, host Tucker Carlson's decision to air the footage to Daniel Ellsberg's 1971 leak of documents pertaining to the Vietnam War. Uh, that became known as the Pentagon Papers. You may remember that. Uh, in fact, there was a movie made about it. She said, I do not see how Mr. Carlson's airing a video material of national significance that the current government would prefer to keep hidden or Fox News support for its disclosure to the public is any different from the famous case of disclosure of inside information of public importance. She said, you don't have to agree with Mr. Carlson's interpretation of the videos to conclude that the Democrats in leadership for their own part have cherry-picked, hyped, spun, and in many ways appear to have lied about aspects of January 6, turning a tragedy for the nation into a politicized talking point aimed at discrediting half the electorate. And that's not the end of it. I, I'm not going to take the time to go into the rest of it today. I might refer back to that at some time in the future because coming from someone who has been a part of the progressive movement, a, a very active part of it, and um, the things that she's saying is true when you turn on the light and when you kind of take an honest look at what's going on, which I believe Tucker Carlson did on Fox with those two programs that they published, and there may be more or that they aired on Fox News. Uh, There may be more coming. I don't know, but I do know that it was very revealing, and it showed the reaction of Chuck Schumer and others to be more panic than disagreement. And it was panic. And they could because they just started attacking everybody around them that wasn't a progressive. And that's what progressives do when they get cornered. So it was very, very revealing. I think it was very consequential that those get uh, aired. And whatever heat that Carlson is taking, and I'm sure he is taking some uh, for sure. I know he is. He's got to be. But I do know that that made an impact in America that not a lot of things have have made except maybe the Pentagon Papers way back in the Vietnam era. But those are the days in which we live. Last night, the or yesterday afternoon, there was an article that came out. U.S. financial regulators uh, yesterday afternoon said Silicon Valley Bank, the one that went under last on, on Friday, Their consumers will have access to all their money on Monday. That would be today, this morning, after the bank failed. That was the second, I may add, that was the second largest bank failure in U.S. history. The the largest bank failure was Washington Mutual back, was it 2008? Around in there. But this is the second largest. It's a big deal. Treasury Department is announcing new steps. Federal Reserve, Federal Deposit, all of these guys are meeting and scrambling to take care of this matter. The FDIC will be able to uh, complete its resolution on Silicon Valley Bank in a manner that fully protects all depositors. They said depositors will have access to all their money starting Monday, March 13th. That would be right now. The statement said no losses will be borne by U.S. taxpayers. 
Um, then Joe Biden put out a statement yesterday. He said the American people, in fact, it was yesterday afternoon, the American people and American businesses can have confidence that their bank deposits will be there when they need them. President Joe Biden said in his statement Sunday night, I am firmly committed to holding these responsible for this mess fully accountable and to continuing our efforts to strengthen oversight and regulation of larger banks so that we are not in this position again. He didn't even write that. Somebody else wrote it. I can tell by the, by the pace and the rhythm of the words. How many people in America think that their savings account is safe now because Joe Biden told them it was? That's so pathetic. I, I can't tell you how that how distressing that is and outraging. He's the president, so he gets to say that. But a second bank closed yesterday afternoon. Signature Bank in New York was closed Sunday afternoon by its state regulator. The joint announcement said all depositors of this institution will be made whole. As with the resolution of Silicon Valley Bank, no losses will be borne by the taxpayer. And it goes on and on and says that they are assuring that. And I think the government will. America is a great country, a rich country. We have prospered because we honored God. Joe Biden makes these statements, helping those people who have money in those banks is not going to be led. The solution is not going to be led by the president. He doesn't have that capability. But anyway, he's telling the world and the nation, it's going to be okay. Don't you worry about your bank account. These are perilous times, for sure. I was reading early this morning, read through Psalm 107. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. For his mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. We live in a world that is that is led and 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 blessed by God, regardless of what our circumstances are in this world at this time. And we live in perilous times. There's no question about that. Whatever is happening, God is in control. His mercies are new every day. And God is protecting us from the enemies of our soul and of our lives and so on. He is with us. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. He's good. And God is in control. Do not forget that. But because of a lack of information, so many are walking in darkness today. The light shined in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Jesus Christ himself is the truth. And so many people look at the truth, and they do not recognize or even acknowledge the truth. They don't know the truth when they see it because they walk in darkness. They need to know the light. They need to know Jesus Christ and become children of the light in the economy of God. Headlines suggest that the American education is in free fall, again, because people are walking in darkness. A death march of sorts preparing America's children for what? People are starting to ask, why do kids get educated today? I'm not opposed to education. I'm all for education. God advocates that we should know. We should be educated. We should be informed. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. 
God wants us to be informed. He wants us to know the truth, Jesus Christ himself, and he wants us to know the truth about what's going on in our lives and in our culture. I believe with all my heart it's his will that we know what's going on. Abraham Lincoln said the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. For that reason alone, we should know what's going on in education today. John Dewey, who hijacked Noah Webster's model of public education in America, he remade it to be a tool of the leftist activists to push the culture toward a godless so-called progressive culture, he disagreed with Lincoln and Webster. He said, oh no. He said, education is not preparation for life. I'm quoting John Dewey, who took over Columbia University and made it the fountainhead of everything that is rotten and impure in America and in life. He advanced what we know today as a cultural Marxism kind of ideology. Some call it progressivism. John Dewey, in his mind, he said education is not preparation for life. Education is life itself. So in Dewey's mind, education is the noble end to secular humanism. It's a bridge to nowhere. But we must all walk on it. And we must all walk collectively. And we must do what we're told. And we must become the slaves of the elite. That is what progressivism is all about, and we're beginning to see the results of that in America because they have a foothold in this nation. They're in the Oval Office. They're in majority in the Senate and have been in the House. It should not surprise us when students attack anyone and everyone physically and otherwise with whom they disagree. There's no discourse anymore. It's just a war, and they are the aggressors. They've been schooled for such a time as this. Our kids are coming out of our educational systems ready for warfare, but they don't know how to earn a living for the most part. They're not prepared to do something constructive. They know how to demonstrate. They know how to get out of jail when they're, when they're arrested. They know how to skip bail. They know how to do all these things. I'm not overstating this. That's the way it is. A quick glance at today's headlines about American education, it's clear to sane people that we're on the wrong track. We're walking down the wrong path. NBC's Chuck Todd claimed on Sunday's Meet the Press yesterday that Governor Ron DeSantis is going out of his way to politicize history. How does Chuck know this? He knows this, he says, to his several million that watch him. He says he's politicizing history because he's pushing lessons on the evils of communism. And he's requiring that the Florida school system teach a lesson one day a year, school year, on the evils of communism, how communism has destroyed civilizations. Well, that's easy. Every communist regime has ended up destroying a culture i mean it's clear history is there so it's an easy i mean that's easy no one should not see that or try to remove it as truth and erase it or whatever 
but they're taking him on now. I'm not defending DeSantis. He doesn't need my defense. I'm just saying it's that crazy. It's that far off track. A few of the headlines out there today, just looking at over the weekend and this morning, Marymount University students launch protests against school. Access, the school has axed majors like this is Marymount University. They no longer will give a degree in math, English, and religious studies, and there's a whole long list of other things. They're going more toward social justice and environmentalism. Indiana medical students, Indiana University, are subjected to DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion in instruction on gender as part of the basic human structure course. These are headlines today or yesterday, this weekend and today. Diversity director is another headline. Diversity director says she was fired from California College for questioning anti-racism orthodoxy. That's CRT, critical race theory. Oregon eyes mandate for climate change lessons in schools. They're moving it from a discussion in Oregon now to uh, credited studies. Climate change. Just like evolution was forbidden at first because they said, well, man, that, you know, that we're not going to teach that to kids. If families want to believe evolution and Darwin, they can do so, but we're not going to teach that in the schools. We went from that to now you can't say the word creation in a public school classroom because evolution is the fact of life. That's how it happens. It continues to evolve downward toward destruction. I mean, that's what's happening in a darkened, ungodly kind of culture that is created by progressives, some of whom claim to be devout Christians. They are not. Stanford DEI dean, he slams the, slams the invited federal judge to his face at a campus event, asked if free speech is worth it. This happened on Stanford University just a couple of days ago, and this is the he, one of the headlines. But the dean is, is did apologize yesterday, sort of, he said, well, he said the professor, the judge shouldn't have been here because he's a conservative and he knew he would, you know, there would be a reaction because he's a conservative on the campus of Stanford University. Open-minded? Oh, no, not open-minded at all. And they're asking, they're now asking, and this professor is asking, is free speech really worth the hassle? They're nuts. A new book is just out with the title that asks, Whose Child Is It? I want to talk to you for a couple of minutes about that. It's a, it's a question that not so long ago we didn't feel even needed to be asked. Now it must be asked. It's a new book. It just came out last week. It's available in all the bookstores. And I'll come back to that in a moment. But in October of 2021, Virginia gubernatorial candidate Terry McAuliffe, you'll remember this. We talked about it here quite a bit. He said, I don't think he was running for governor. He was a shoe-in. Everybody knew he would win. He's been a major player in the Democrat Party for years and is well-known and has all the Democrat support. So they knew he was going to win, and he felt pretty confident as well, I'm sure. But he said there was a big to-do. I mean, parents were coming to board meetings, and they weren't being silent. They were told to shut up, and they wouldn't shut up. They kept asking questions about, what are you doing to my child? It's my child, not yours, and so on. So in, the, in that context, McCullough, who was running for governor for a second 
time he was governor once before in, in the state. The press asked him, they said, what do you think about this? And here's what he said back then in October of 2021. He said, quote, I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. That was not the right thing to say. As it turned out, he did not win the election and an unknown won the election and is doing very well there as governor, a Republican, conservative, and a very committed Christian, both he and his wife. But taking on its own, the comment might be benign at another time in history, but parental involvement in education has always been a key factor for a student and for their success. 2010 study, 13 years ago, a 2010 study called Parental Involvement and Student Academic Performance. It said in that, in that study, a multiple mediational analysis by researchers at Warren Alpert Medical School at Brown University and University of North Carolina at Greensboro, quote, found children whose parents are more involved in their education have higher levels of academic performance than children whose parents are involved to a lesser degree. But then they asked this question, 2010, but should parents be designing a curriculum? Maybe not, they said. Well, here we are today. 13 years later, the exchange wasn't about, then, wasn't about math curriculum and what to use as far as their math. It was about whether parents had a right to demand pornographic books be pulled from the library. Suddenly, the question of parental involvement seemed more clear to a lot of people. The left says it doesn't happen. Pornography in libraries is a right-wing boogeyman. They keep saying this. I see this every day when I look at the news to prepare for this program. They're saying, no, we don't have it. Well, we don't have that. Yet parents at school after school after school keep discovering these books in the school library. They're, they're, in fact, one kid started reading from one of these books, and they asked him not to because they said that the, the language was, was too uh, raunchy or something like that. And they, they asked the kid to stop reading, and he was making the point for his parents that this is in the library, and they uh, they deny it until somebody pulls the book out, holds it in their face, and then they say, "Oh, okay, well, we'll yeah, we'll look into that. We'll see that this doesn't happen again, or whatever." All of this comes down to it's a war on the family, and the authors of this book, Stolen Youth, point first to the war on the family. They said that's where this war is really at. It's not so much at education, but it's the battlefield is education, but the point of the culture war. Is, it is they are trying to dismantle the family as we have known it. And I have read excerpts from the book. I haven't read the entire book, but I plan to. And I would encourage you to check that out and see, you know, if you have time or want to take the time to read it. I would encourage you to do so. They said, we open our book with a history chapter in the roots of wokeness and totalitarian regimes of the past. We traced how places like the Soviet Union, Mao's China, Cambodia, during the Khmer Rouge, and others tried to sever the family connection as a way of pushing their indoctrination onto the kids and by extension onto their parents. That's where we are today in education. That's why I'm an advocate not to educate your children in public education. I haven't said that my entire life, but I'm saying it now and I have been the last year or so. It is so bad. It is so corrosive and corrupted that I would not never put my child in public education today. Well, I'm almost out of time. We'll continue this conversation right here tomorrow, but thank you 
for being here, and thank you for your support. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. I'll see you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.